Well, baseball was played this weekend, and we're going to share some of the highlights, but the biggest thing we're going to talk about is Artie's interview with SI.com. It came out, and what he actually said was helpful. We're going to share some of the information and what we think. It's time to get Locked On with Mike and John, and this is Locked On Angels. You are Locked On Angels, your daily Los Angeles Angels podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Angels your first listen every day. Every show is free and available on all platforms, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And you can help us out by giving us a rate and a review. And those watching on YouTube, make sure that you're subscribed and click the bell to be notified every time a new episode drops. Hey, thanks for being here with us for this episode of Locked On Angels, where it's your team every day. You've got the Frisch Brothers here with you, a.k.a. the Super Halo Bros. Say it with us now. My name is John, and that's my brother Mike. And my name is Mike. And that's my brother, John. (laughs) Hey, coming up this week on Locked On Angels, if you want to get into the conversation, you can get at us at Locked On Angels on Twitter and at Super Halo Bros on Twitter and Instagram. But we've got creating the best possible roster for the Halos in 2023. We're excited to have that conversation. We'd love to hear from you as well. And if you're watching on YouTube, comment below the video because number one, we get to hear from you. And number two, that actually helps us out as well as giving us a rate and review, so we'd love to hear that. And don't forget to get your questions in for this week's Fan Mail Friday, which of course is on Friday. Tweet at us, DM us, send us a message, give us a call on our voicemail line. We'd love to hear from you. That information is in the episode description, of course, everywhere that you can reach us. But before we talk about anything, we've got to recap the weekend that was in terms of spring training. Now, I know what you're thinking, John. Mike, what about the WBC? Well, we are going to talk WBC tomorrow because we want to make sure that we've had enough time to have all the games get played and let that stuff marinate, let it sink in so we can get all the results that we need. So we are going to talk about that tomorrow. But uh, as far as today's show goes, we're going to talk about some spring training and stuff that happened Around the diamond this weekend, Mike. In fact, we'll talk about him in a second. But Reed Detmers. Reed, I'm calling him Reed Kershaw Detmers <laughs> because this guy yeah. looked like a stud this weekend. Yeah, well, that is locked on angels. So let's talk about those angels. Reed Detmers, big fan right here. You know that. He had an incredible mm-hmm. weekend. Three and two thirds, two hits, one run, two walks, and three Ks. He's only allowed that one run, and it came around to score when he left the game. So technically, That's it wasn't really what happens his fault, right? Yeah. <laughs> but here's the, here's the numbers we can really get excited about, John. He hit 96 and 97 on the radar gun in the first inning against the Dodgers and Reed actually talked about this start because he he got to pitch against Clayton Kershaw he said he enjoyed the opportunity to share the mound with Kershaw and said obviously I grew up watching him I wonder what Kershaw thinks when he hears I grew up watching you right like I wonder because Clayton's not that old he's like 34 35 right here's what else Reed said he said I've read a lot about him and I've studied him pretty hard it's a it's a cool thing to go out there and pitch against him, see how he mm-hmm. works and see how he sequences and just how he moves. In fact, uh, Mark Gubaza made a great comparison and there was a great tweet from somebody who took what Gubaza said and compared Reed Detmers and Clayton Kershaw and they look very similar. Detmers does the high saying. hands above the head yep. right before he gets started. So good. And Reed's only allowed two runs in eight innings this spring with 11 strikeouts. John, last Monday when you were traveling back home from your eight 
AEW show. I got to do the show on my own, and I talked about how Reed Detmers could be our quiet ace. What do you think about that? I love it. I love it. In fact, I know we said that we were going to talk about WBC tomorrow, but by all accounts, Patrick Sandoval looked amazing is Team Mexico versus Team USA. John, the Angels don't have any pitching. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) The Angels have no pitching. They shouldn't have traded all these guys to get Hunter Renfro. They have no pitching. (laughs) No pitching. I love that that that's the narrative and that they're just crushing that narrative, right? Good. Yes. Exactly. I want that to be the narrative so that nobody sees it coming. But Mike, Detmers being a quiet ace, I mean, gosh, the guy was the number one pick in 2020 and... Here we are, you know, yeah. and so yeah. I, I, it's just it's great to see him develop. It's great to see him really put it together. I think that the Angels have quietly put together a a pitching factory, if you will, and I think we can yeah. thank Perry Manassian for that one. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, by the way, listeners, viewers, uh, when you know that John is serious about something, it's it's found in the way that he says good. Like, if he's just, you know, agreeing with something, it's good. But when he's like, I'm glad that this is happening and kind of in your face, John goes, Good. So just Good. so you know, if you, have, if, if you haven't picked up on that, that's what that means. So John, how about how about Padlow and Ward on Friday? Yeah. They both had home runs in this game. And John, share Padlow's stats so far this spring. He's looking really fantastic. Yeah, as of Friday, he was 7 for 22. He plays first and third base. So... In terms of depth, that's going to be pretty good for this Angels yeah. roster. Yeah. You know, that the injury bug can happen anywhere, anytime. And you need guys to come up and step up. So seeing Padlow do his thing is great. Seeing Taylor Ward, who is going to have an all-star season, in my opinion. Right. Taylor Ward is going to come out and crush it, just like he did at the beginning of last He's season. He's sitting close Speaking- to 500 in this spring training so far. So man. good for him, man. Speaking of uh, of depth. And, and here's where things get a little tricky. Yes. But we got Matt Theis, who's 6 for 13 with five walks after Friday's game during spring training. Uh, there's no more options for him. So does he stay on the roster? Who's on the bench? And, and before we answer that, you have to consider nine position players, eight bullpen pieces, five starters. And, and that, of course, accounts for Otani as one of those position players at DH, right, in the yeah. lineup. Yeah, yeah. But then on the bench, you've got Stassi, assuming Ohapi is the starter. Renhifo with Drury and Urshela starting. They're thinking about Phillips as the fourth outfielder. We'll talk about that a little bit later. And David Fletcher. There's only room for four on this bench. It's, yeah. it's, it's becoming quite the squeeze. So <laughs> it's funny to say, like, we've got a roster problem, but it's a good thing because right. guys are showing up and showing out. So all great things to see from the Angels on Friday in spring training. Yeah, what I love is that there was a a recent tweet um, from Phil Nevin that actually said, hey, we're going to let the best players play. It was, I think, Sam Blum that tweeted it out. So when it comes to some of this roster construction, I love that narrative that they're going to let the best players play because we always seem to just get stuck with a guy, oh, we're paying him this much money. But in Perry Manassian's regime, John, he's been quick to say, "Um, sorry, Upton, we're going to let you go. Hey, Mm -hmm. Pujols, see you later because we have Jared Walsh, and we have these other guys. So I I actually really love that philosophy. John, uh, a couple of spring training notes. Jeff Passan tweeted, the difference between spring training last year and this year, the the run (laughs) time. There was no lockout and it was longer? No. (laughs) It's longer this year? No, but that was good, yeah. So the run time of games in 2022 was uh, around three hours. In 2023, it's around two hours and a half. 
So mm-hmm. that's even better. And runs a game in 2022, about 10 to 11 runs. In 2023, 11 to 12 runs. Stolen base mm-hmm. attempts, this is interesting. In 2022, 1.6. In 2023, 2.4. Yeah. So that pitch clock is actually getting guys more active on the bases, which is mm-hmm. great. Bigger bases. Yeah, the bigger bases maybe help too. The John's favorite stat is the BABIP um, on ground balls. In 2022, it was uh, 235 BABIP. In 2023, 258. Here's mm-hmm. what's interesting too. The strikeout rate in spring training last year, around 24. This year, around 23%. So yeah. they're improving. They're making more contact. More singles, more stolen bases, more runs, and 25 minutes faster Sign this spring up. training. I love it, John. <laughs> I love it. Anybody concerned about pitch clock violations? Jeff Passan tweeted, they're vanishing rather quickly, just as they did last year in the minor leagues. Uh, week one in minor league baseball 2022, there were 1.73 violations per game and 1.89 in the majors in spring training. Minor league baseball had 1.29 violations in week two, and week two of spring training has been 1.41. And then, of course, week three of minor league baseball, 1.01 in week three. And in week three of spring training, major league pitch clock violations are down to 1.17. So they are trending in the same direction. Obviously, everybody who dealt with this in the minors was thrilled with it after a time of adjustment. It seems like major leaguers are adjusting to this as well. Now, coming up on Lockdown Angels, Artie Marino spoke to the media. He spoke to Tom Verducci of SI.com and his answers were actually interesting and helpful. We're going to share what he said coming up. Today's show is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. Every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business, and you want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates. That's why you got to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Adding your job is simple at LinkedIn, and once you add the job, you can post the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it really easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so that you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and eventually hire. Get the right people in the right positions so you can achieve your goals in your small business this year. Business owners rank LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. So find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on MLB. That's linkedin.com slash locked on MLB to post your job for free. And there are some terms and conditions that do apply. Thanks for making Lockdown Angels your first listen today. We're going to talk about more spring training news coming out of the weekend. So let's talk Saturday and Sunday's games. There were some roster moves on Saturday, Mike. In fact, the Angels PR announced that they optioned right-handed pitcher Justin Garza, Colton Ingram, who's a lefty, Jose Soriano, and Michael Stefanik, of course, infielder. And then they reassigned Luis Lito, Anthony Morine, Luke Murphy, Bryce Teodosio, and Kenyon Yovan to minor league camp. So moving some pieces around, putting people in place, things like that, getting ready for the minor league season, just kind of figuring out, all right, who is going to take that step forward with us. And then we've got 
Angels versus the Diamondbacks, which went to like a crazy, what was it, 11 to 10 was the final score or something crazy like that? <laughs> yeah. Well, I think the good news in this game, Johnny, was Anthony Rendon hitting a yes. three-run home run in the first inning, and he had three hits total in this game, three for three, his second home run of the spring, by the, by the way. And then Brett Phillips, after going over for a long time, finally mm-hmm. hits a home run, gets his first hit in an Angel uniform. Lots of runs for both teams in this game. Did you notice that Jared Walsh started in right field I did. on Saturday. Nevin said that he is an option for the outfield this season. Doesn't it feel like they're just not messing around, John? They're like, everybody's going to play everywhere because we're not going to go through what we went through last year. Even if somebody yeah. gets hurt, we're going to be just fine. Nevin's like, I'm getting everybody to play every position and no negotiations on that. And and you've got to play to these guys' strengths, yes. right? Yeah. We know Drury can play third, he can play first, play some second, he can play the outfield. That's why they sign a guy like Drury. You see Urshela playing some shortstop and getting rather comfortable at that. He made an incredible play at third base uh, in the WBC. So that was awesome to to witness as well. So a lot of versatility. You've got to play to those strengths. Let these guys figure it out and figure out where they play well. I know that you and I complained about infielders in the outfield last year. Yeah. But, but I think it's different in the sense that these guys have, have done it before. And it's also in service of what do we do if somebody goes down? What do we do if we have an injury? Can we keep a good bat like Jared Walsh in the lineup if we need him in the outfield, right? So they're figuring that out now in spring training instead of just running out like, yeah, put Jack Mayfield in left, right? right. It's, yeah. It feels different. It feels more methodical. It feels more planned, which is, I think, a good thing. Jose Suarez, three innings, five hits, two earned runs, no walks, which is good, and yeah, one strikeout. Him. Johnny, uh, still working on some things, or are you concerned about his last two starts? Because he has given up some hits, and he has given up some runs, but he only has walked one batter this spring. That's the sticking point for me, is the fact that he's only walked one batter, because Jose Suarez, when he's on, is surprisingly electric in terms of of fooling batters and getting swings and misses. For me, I want to see him go further into games, because it's a matter of seeing him face a lineup a third or a fourth time, I think is the the crutch for Suarez. Now, in the past, he's been yanked pretty early, but I think his pace on the mound will improve, especially now that the pitch clock is in play, which makes him a better pitcher at the end of the day. We've seen that. We've witnessed that. I'm still willing to give him more time. I'd like to see uh, him get a few more starts before spring training. And he's a number five. Like yeah. it's, yeah. you know, Jerome Williams was a number five for the 2012 team. And, and, yep. and I think Suarez is better than Jerome Williams. I mean, not that yeah. Williams is bad or anything, but uh, he, Suarez is a perfect number five in my eyes. And so yeah. I, I, I don't see any issue with letting him work some things out uh, as uh spring training continues. But then we're throwing another monkey wrench into the, <laughs> what do we do with all these guys? Yeah. And that's Griffin Canning on right. Sunday, Mike. Three innings. Pitched for him, three Ks, one earned run. He's only given up one earned run in five total innings in two starts so far. Had a lot of 94s and 95s on the fastball Pitching in the factory, first inning. I'm telling you. How about that, man? His average fastball went, before he got hurt was around 93. So he, that, that's a that's a great thing. He yeah. actually said after the game that his arm is fresh. Obviously, he hasn't pitched in, in almost a year and a half, so... He should have a fresh arm, right? And we mentioned Brett Phillips. Phil Nevin was asked about Brett Phillips in that fourth outfielder position, and here's his quote. He said, we're going to take the best guys, 
I've said it all along, contracts or however they go, we're trying to win a uh, championship here. Mm -hmm. And we're going to take the best group. And so I'd say that there's certainly a competition. Our friend uh, Sam Blum tweeted out this. Here's my read on the Angels outfield situation. They have four roots. Phillips, here's his first thought. Phillips is the fourth outfielder, most likely. Number two is that Moniak or Joe Adele get the job. Moniak's having a great spring. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Number three, Angels add an extra infielder like Velasquez who can play backup outfielder. Please don't do that. Uh, (laughs) And then number four, the Angels carry three catchers and use Renjifo, Walsh, and Drury as a backup outfielder. John, your thoughts? What's your initial gut feeling here? Which one do they go with? Look, I know Mickey Moniak is having a great spring. I know Joe Adele has struggled some and probably will benefit from some time in AAA, getting everyday reps. That's honestly how I feel about Mickey Moniak as well. Even though he's been tearing it up, what do you do when you have Hunter Renfro, Taylor Ward, and Mike Trout in the outfield, then you don't have a spot for Mickey Moniak unless it's like day six of a seven-day week, you know, and and where they're playing games seven days out of the week. And I I just want to see Mickey Moniak get the at-bats that he needs to be a stud. And and he's had great springs before, and injury has hampered him. He's been hit in the hand, and then he got hit in the hand again at the end of the Angels season. It has been a shame. I, I just think you're using... Brett Phillips as your fourth outfielder, which means he's coming in to play center field for Mike Trout in the eighth inning, the ninth inning, right? Or or any one of the outfielders. It's it's a defensive replacement. It's the same reason you would keep Velasquez on the team, which I don't know if there's room for Velasquez, quite honestly. Agreed. I, I just don't think that you want to take reps and at-bats away from Mickey Moniak or Joe Adele. Brett Phillips was never signed to be a hitter, right? And... You can have him pinch run. You can have him come in and and do a sack bunt or move a runner over or things like that. So he's versatile in that way. I I wish that we would see a little bit more out of Phillips, honestly, but I'm not too concerned because as a fourth outfielder, he's he's backing up guys like Trout and Renfro and and Ward out there. Today's show is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Maybe they could give Phillips and Adele and Mickey Moniak a Built Bar. That actually might help them this spring. Uh, so Built has this March Madness bracket, and it's here. And we all have a favorite Built Bar or Built Puff. And now you can actually make it count. The ones that you like the most, you can vote for them. So go to the BuiltMarchMadness.com website, and you can vote for your favorite Built Bars, Built Puffs. I'm going to be voting for the Cookie Dough Chunk Puff, John, because that's my that's my favorite. And when you vote, for your favorite bar or puff, you'll be entered into a drawing where 50 lucky Locked On listeners will get a free box of Built Bars and Built Puffs. And not only that, but one Locked On fan will win a 12-month subscription to Built so that they can get some of the best bars and best puffs delivered to their house every single month that's exciting. Can we win? I don't know if we can win. Um, we're not listeners. We're on the show. So, uh, Built's, Built's delicious. You got to try it. They're the best protein bars ever. And what makes them so good is they're covered in 100% real chocolate and they're high in protein. They're low in sugar. You got to run to builtmarchmadness.com right now. That's builtmarchmadness.com right now and vote for your favorite bar or puff. And you can pick up a box while you're there. You can vote every single day in March. So, hop in and hop on and support your favorite Built Bar or Built Puff today. All right, we talked about it last week and we talked about Artie Marino who has not spoken to local media in a very 
very long time. Yep. And then he went and talked to Tom Verducci of SI.com. Of course, Tommy. you're probably familiar with Tom Verducci on MLB Network as well. And here are some points. Well, okay, let me give you my initial reaction here. Okay. The first thing I thought was, is this article kind of endearing to Artie Marino? Like, yeah. do I feel slightly less pessimistic toward Artie Marino after reading this? And right. so that's my initial reaction. I'll, I'll give you my, I'll give you my reasons why, but here's the major points from this sports illustrated article. Angels had multiple offers for the team, all of which eclipsed the sale of the Mets. One offer was over $3 billion, according to Marino. Wow. He got seller's remorse as he was walking potential owners through the stadium. There was hmm. one particular instance he said that the, the buyer potential buyer came in. He said, hey, you want to walk around and take a look at the stadium? And the potential buyer said, oh, no, that's okay. And Artie was like, don't you want to see the stadium don't you want to see what you're going to get and interesting and 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 so he was kind of taken aback by that and then they ended up walking around <laughs> this potential buyer said hey, Artie, i can see it in your eyes that you're not quite ready to sell this team i would mm. love to be uh i would love to be a partner with you and and obviously that's not what happened but right interesting scenario there right he said he never intended to sell 100% of the team he always wanted to keep a 5 to 10% stake in the team. Now, this one got me, Mike, because it, it's kind of a, a tale of two off-seasons here. Yep. <laughs> First, Artie Marino pushed for signing Trey Turner to play shortstop. Yeah. But Perry Manassian insisted on spending the money to address multiple needs besides shortstop. And Artie was like, oh, you mean we need more than just Trey Turner? And Perry said, yeah, Artie, we do. Which... Number one is, okay, that's classic Artie Marino. What? Right. This one guy won't fix all of our problems? Right. But then number two, as a fan, I would have really liked to have known that the Angels were in on Trey Turner at some point. Yeah. Like, that yeah. is encouraging to me. Like, hey, we were we were thinking about getting Trey Turner? Like, that's, that's pretty cool, right? Right. It is interesting to see that Artie Marino listened to to Perry Manassian, and we have seen how GMs have had to kind of bend to the will of Artie Marino and spend a lot of money on these big, flashy free agents. So that, to me, was very eye-opening. Finally, the team plans to keep Shohei Otani in 2023 as long as they're in playoff contention. He said, Artie, didn't want to comment on what they would do if they aren't competitive because they need to be competitive and try to get to the playoffs this season. There's no, yeah. there's no, uh, what happens if we don't compete? Because he said, if you go in with that mentality, you've already lost, right? All of that said, what does this interview do for Artie in the eyes of the fans? Mike, how did you receive this interview? The first thing that I want to point out is that Perry Manassian has something in him that the previous GMs didn't have mm-hmm. because. We don't know about the private conversations that have taken place, but it is good news to hear that Perry was like, here's what the team needs, yeah, and I have to do this. And Artie said yes. 
And we know that there's all these conversations about Rendon and there's these conversations about signing previous guys and giving huge contracts out, Josh Hamilton being one and Albert Pujols being another, and how the rumors were that Artie stepped in and did all of that. Now, that's only rumors because there hasn't really been like certified evidence that that actually take, has taken place. People <laughs> haven't come out and said this actually took place. But I love that Artie, in his own words, said, Perry Manassian pushed back and said, we got to spend the money somewhere else to yes. help our team. Right. So Perry's got something in him, man. And I love, I'm loving him more as our GM. I've never disliked him, sure. but I'm loving him more as our GM. And I'm loving that he didn't just go, all right, sweet, Trey Turner, let's go get him. <laughs> he knew what we needed and he made some big trades. The second thing that I noticed and the thing that really kind of uh, caught my eye is in the fact that as they had this discussion, Perry said, I think we need to spend the money to address multiple needs besides shortstop. Yeah. Which tells me, if I'm going to read between the lines a bit, it tells me that Perry knows that he's got a window or he's got a sandbox or he's got some sort of Definitely. limit on what yeah. he can he can spend. So We all know I what that limit is, yeah. Right. And, and again, it, he said, no, the, the luxury tax isn't a limit if we need to go over it, but... <laughs> But there is a limit, right? He's not going over the luxury tax, so maybe that's it. But what he communicated there is there is this amount of money, not this amount of money. Right. And I want you to go and spend it in a really helpful way. And Perry did spend it in a really helpful way. So those two things really stood out to me, John. There's a lot that stood out there. But you mentioned, and you texted me that, that this kind of endeared Artie a bit to you. So explain that. I'll explain that. Listen, it's just, okay, first of all, you're not doing yourself any favors by not speaking to the media. And the reason why I said this article kind of endeared me to Artie a little bit more is because he described his love for the game. He described the fact that he was walking around the stadium and thinking about, like, what am I going to lose here? He said during Mm. the pandemic, he considered, he talked with his wife, and and she says, you need to do what, what is going to make you happy, right? And... And I kind of got some insight into why he decided to stay, why he felt like there was, quote unquote, unfinished business. But the the way that I feel endeared to him a little bit more is because he spoke. He spoke yes. to the fans. Yeah. Yeah. And if he would just take the time to speak to the fans more often, whether that's through a press conference or through one of the beat writers, like Brett Bollinger or Sarah Valenzuela, talking to somebody like that, we just need to hear from Artie more. That's really all that it is. Now, I understand that there is so much more that needs to be asked of Artie Marino besides this interview with Tom Verducci. Uh, Minor leagues, housing, we've covered all that before. Right. But this this is a start, right? Because we all wanted to know, why did you back out of the deal? Why did you back out of the sale? To me, this is a starting point. I think it's a good starting point. But don't let this be the last time you speak, Artie. You have to talk to your fans. We have to hear from you. And I would bet that if he had spoken to the media a little bit more than he has, which is zero, over the last few years, then I think the Artie, the the resentment towards Artie Marino would not be as palpable as it is now. If he right. would just have spoken to the fans through the media a little bit more often and given us any kind of insight into what's going on with this team. Right. I would venture to say that the resentment would not be quite as high as it's been. So when I say that this interview 
endeared me to Artie a little bit, it's because I kind of saw the human side of yes. this owner who loves baseball, who yep. used to love this team. I mean, I know he still loves this team, but the guy that we saw the first 10 years when he got here was kind of the guy who came through in that interview. Yes. And like I said, there's a lot more to cover. There's a lot more to ask Artie, but this is a good start. Can we get back to this version of Artie Marino? I hope so. I hope this is not the last time he speaks to the media. Well, John and I really appreciate you making Lockdown Angels your first listen every day. And now for your second listen, check out the Lockdown Fantasy Baseball podcast. You can win your league by listening to Matt and Dom. They're going to bring some great strategies for your fantasy team. And you got to check your team every day. So if you listen to Lockdown Angels, then listen to Lockdown Fantasy Baseball. Wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube, they're going to help you out. And they are a part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Be sure to get at us at Lockdown Angels on Twitter and at Super Halo Bros on Twitter and Instagram. We want to hear from you, especially for Fan Mail Friday coming up. Mike. For Tuesday's show, what do we got on deck? Well, we got to talk about Mike Trout because he stole a base this weekend. We got to talk about Patrick Sandoval because he looked like an ace on the mound against this all-star lineup, Team USA. Listen, I'm a Team USA fan, but it was so great to see Sandoval be successful. So we're going to talk about all of the angels in the WBC, and we're going to talk about Team USA and what they need to do in order to get some victories in WBC. So we're going to talk all about that tomorrow on Locked on Angels. Don't forget about Shohei Otani's bomb in the Tokyo Dome, man. That thing. Guys, there's no other words to use to describe him, John. Extraordinary, incredible, unicorn, goat. Can we make up a word? We'll make up a word and we'll get back to you. (laughs) Yeah, uh, long-term angel. That's the word that I'm going to create. (laughs) All right, friends. We hope you'll join us again tomorrow for more Locked on Angels. Until then, my name is John and that's my brother Mike. And my name is Mike and that's my brother John. Thanks for being here with us and We'll see you back here tomorrow.